We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's a good day because today is Front Office Friday! Let's go. It's Front Office Friday. That's right. We're going to kick off the weekend talking some NBA basketball. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. We are live on the Front Office YouTube channel. You guys want to ask us any questions, any basketball-related comments, anything going on in the world of the NBA, we are here for you. So welcome to all of you who are already joining in the chat. Keith, it's been a busy week, uh, a little bit crazy, but uh, but here we are. We made it somehow, some way. It's Friday. We got there again. That's the important part. Is right? We keep, keep chugging along no matter what adversity comes our way. I've had nothing but technological troubles this morning, but we're, we're here. We're working. We're, we're, we're flowing into the weekend nice with a, with a fun afternoon. That's right. That's right. It's been, uh, it, it's been a crazy week for me as well. I've got family in town, all kinds of stuff going on right now, but always time to do a little front office Friday. I, and I'm, I'm loving all the people that we're seeing coming in the chat. We've got people coming in from the Philippines. Oh, we've got one coming in from Liverpool now. Nice. Love that. Love it. Love it. I saw I, uh, South Korea in there earlier, Ooh. so we're good stuff. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Keith, let's let's start off just talking a little bit of NBA news while we get some questions coming in. We have a couple of sure. injuries, uh, unfortunately, to, to talk about here. Julius Randle, we'll start there, out for the regular season with a badly sprained ankle. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, for the Knicks, if we're looking at, at the playoff race, I mean, they they seem pretty solidified in that five spot. Should they be worried at all about Brooklyn catching them without Randall? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I think they're probably OK. They're two and a half games up. So you're talking another you know, win or two and you're you're basically there. I think the let's see, the Nets have six games to go. The Knicks have five. So one, two more wins, you're you're probably okay. So that they should be able to get through this. It's gonna mean more Obi Toppin minutes. What I'm more worried about for them is it's not so much the Toppin part of it coming in. It's what happens when he sits because they don't have a ton of depth at that four spot. They don't really have threes who can play up as a four that we might see some like double center lineups. Maybe now uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what that looks like. So that, that part, I'm a little curious to see you know, who, who they go to uh, there. They, they don't really have anybody kind of, sitting deeper in in their their bench either that they could just call upon like at the guard spot if they had injuries they still have Evan Fournier and Dirk Rose that they could go to so I'm very curious to see you know what this looks like uh you know behind Toppin over the next couple weeks it's a it's a little bit ironic don't you think um (laughs) (laughs) that's a 90s joke um rain yeah (laughs) wedding day Oh no, it's a free ride when you already paid. Um, so <laughs> this is, it's a little bit ironic because the Knicks were that team that it felt like it was just a few seasons ago that they had like all the power forwards and now they just don't seem yeah. to have enough. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they close things out. And then hopefully Randall is indeed good to go for the playoffs for them. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, uh, sparing ankles, um, Nothing to mess around with. Nothing to mess yeah. around with. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. I'll yeah, said- That's the thing, right? You want him to be, you, you really want to make sure you, you know, hang in uh, up top 
there because you want to basically try to push push through those guys. So I think that is you know very very uh, uh, important there to you know hang into that spot. Um, there's no real danger dropping into the play, and they've got a four game lead with only six games to play. They should be fine. Um, in the or I guess five or six games for most teams to play, so they should be fine with that. But yeah, we'll see where it comes from there. Um, we do have a question here coming in from, from Isle Farkash who says, Keith, can you explain what happens with the play-in team's draft picks? Who is in the lottery and who is the 15 through 30 picks, the non-lottery picks? Yeah, so the easy part is whoever wins in the play-in tournament, so whoever gets the seventh seed in the eighth seed, they end up slotting in uh, into the yeah, final playoff spot picks so like picks 15 through i guess what would that be uh 18 right mm-hmm. 15 16 17 and 18 so those teams will be the final four uh teams in in that bucket and then they go from there uh the teams that drop into the lottery what happens is when they fall into the lottery they get slotted wherever they would have been slotted uh if they lose so if you were let's say you're a uh the, oh you still have the standings pulled up for these so that's good um if you look, if you were the, let's say the Miami Heat at mm-hmm. 40 and 37, and you have the best record, I'm just making it up because I don't know if they do, but best record of all the playing teams, but they were to lose, they would end up with the 14th pick. They'd end up with yeah. the worst pick. So you kind of slot in where you would have slotted in anyway. So, so we'll know picks one through 10, uh, basically a week from now on uh, mm-hmm. Sunday the 9th when all wraps up and then we'll, we'll, uh, fill in those last few picks through the uh, play-in tournament uh, with teams from both sides. And that would include, even if they were to lose and a team that was ahead of them went through, they would still slot into that four, that 14. So, like, let's say right. the Bulls survived and the Miami Heat went out, the yep. Heat would still wind up with the, with the 14th pick. Yep, yeah, because they'd have the best regular season record of all the teams in the lottery portion. Right, which is which is what it ma- what matters. Oh, we've got people coming in from, from Somalia. People come in from from all over the place here, which is which is cool. Uh, what, Cameron, why do we say somebody just said uh, yeah, yes, the Kevichis, you know that, that's okay, great, sure, love it. Yeah, <laughs> I like is Trevor drinking scotch at nine a.m. <laughs> at nine a.m. No, I'm not drinking scotch at nine a.m. I, I will admit it is a little bit of a a little Dr Pepper Zero. I need a little <laughs> caffeine boost. There it is uh, this Get morning. Uh, Cameron said, thoughts on ridiculous offensive ratings this year. This season has been a, an, an offensive one, and in a good way, not not in a bad way, not like you're offended, but it, it's been a good one in, in that there's been a lot of scoring. Teams have been getting better. I mean, we've talked about this. Part of it you chalk up to um, the elimination of take fouls. I think that has opened up the game more. It's created more fast-break scenarios. But the other piece to this is players and offenses are just getting better and better and better, and that's – got to be a factor here as well it's getting harder and harder to defend teams uh in the nba because their offenses are getting so good at recognizing man keith it feels like now when i watch games particularly the really good teams if they can get a defender even half a step out of sync with in their rotation they immediately recognize it and exploit it it's incredible yeah it doesn't take much and you you really struggle if you put a you know, bad defender on the floor they're, they're gonna find them uh, and they don't even necessarily need to it used to be went through a period of time for years there uh where it would be you ran every action to try to get that mismatch and attack that weak defender now what we're seeing is the teams they don't need to do it that way sometimes they'll just let it flow and eventually the ball will you know, find its way to a guy who can attack that that weak uh, defender out of that. They don't necessarily even need to go to that because I think teams have realized too. Like I always thought about this when the Celtics had Isaiah Thomas, and one of the things teams would do is because he was so small, they'd they try to post him up. And Brad Stevens always said, we live with that because now you're not running your real offense. You're basically running something for a guy who probably doesn't ever really post up just to try to post him up because you think you have an advantage. And that's not really – they you know, disadvantage for us if you're running stuff you don't normally run. Um, but to answer Cameron's question, I think it's a combination of a lot of stuff. Like you said, the pace is up across the league. Every team is playing faster than they've ever mm-hmm. played before. Uh, the other thing is you have um, the take fall has definitely helped because it's opened up the, the transition game quite a bit. I think we have the uh, eye test and analytics have finally met and matched each other really well in that 
what happens is players are drilled from a very young age to things like, hey, you know, you hit 80% when you shoot off a one dribble from the right side of the floor with a defender, you know, more than six feet back. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you shoot on the left side off more than one dribble with a defender closer, you shoot only 30%. So what do they do? They eliminate those shots. These guys have learned. These are my spots on the floor. And the last thing I'll say is I just think the players are better than they've ever been as far as shooting and scoring the ball goes. I think they're just better. The talent level is so high in the league now where I think we're just at a point where it's just better than it's ever been. And that's not to say – these guys are better than everybody who came before them. Cause that's not true. I, I'm a strong believer in, you know, you put Shaq or Will Chamberlain or Michael sure. Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird in any era, those guys are going to be fine. They're, they're going to figure it out. And they're going to be great players no matter what um, era they're playing in. But now what it is, is there's no more teams are not rolling out lineups with two or three guys who can't score, can't shoot. Uh, you lock into a spot where it is um, these guys are all on the floor, can almost always shoot or score or do something helpful on the offensive end. So that's been the major change. Wait, you mean it's not because the NBA is soft and the referees prevent anybody from playing defense? No, I don't think that's it at all. It's <laughs> actually still as odd as this may sound, I think the defense is still pretty good. I just mm-hmm. think the offense is better. It's that old quote of, right? Uh, good offense will be a great defense almost any day. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's what we're saying. What always, what blows my mind, and it almost reminds me of the NFL when you watch a quarterback who has a split second to read the field and make a decision. Uh, otherwise, he gets crushed by a very large human being. When you see guys coming out of the pick and roll, when you see a ball handler coming off of a high pick and roll, they have that split second to read where the next line of defense is adjusting and try to exploit that with that next pass. It's it's impressed me so much how many guys we see that can make that read and whip the ball across the court to an open shooter in the corner or send the ball the other way or make the decision to drive like it is a split second decision they have to make because that's how quick defenses are and they still find ways to exploit it. it. It is absolutely incredible when I think about the processing speed mentally that you have to have to do that. That's one thing that I've noticed that seems to get better and better and better every year, the way offenses are reading defenses. It, it's, it truly is. It's a thing of beauty when you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, 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 everything is it's just better and faster and processing and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, Syed said the Nuggets are literally a JV team without Joker. A lot of Lakers fans not happy with what the Nuggets did last night, sitting <laughs> sitting Jokic against uh, the Pelicans. But like I look at that game, and the one of the the features of that game was the the Nuggets had an outlier shooting game from three, like a very poor shooting game. That's all it takes in today's NBA with the volume mm-hmm. of three point shots. All it takes is you have an off shooting night from three, and you lose. Now you can say some of that is probably attributed to Jokic is not on the floor to create some of those opportunities for you and draw the attention of the defense and be that guy that can kick out to open shooters and all of that. But um, I don't think the Nuggets are just this terrible team without him. I do think they had a terrible shooting night at a a really bad time for the Lakers. Yeah, that's exactly it. They're, 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 uh, you, you hit it the nail on the head with the shooting stuff. That is definitely true. And then I think it's, yeah, I mean, you remove almost any team's best player, never mind an MVP candidate. Guess what? They're going to be worse. That's what newsflash. What a shocker. You know, that is. I mean, that's just the, the reality. They'd still be a playoff team even without Jokic. There's enough talent there. And they'd have figured out different ways to play and built the roster differently. But the reality is, yeah, when they don't have them, they're just not the the, the same team. And it is what it is. Uh, I've got sent by NFT. So can y'all explain how multi-team ties get decided? So I've actually got this in front of me. Do you know this off the top of your head? Uh, what, what way are we? Lo- I'm assuming we're looking for like playoff seating or. Right. So, I mean, the, the two team ties, I think are a bit easier to, yep. to figure out. We have seen some where, especially I, obviously I've been keeping a real close eye on the West. We saw one, uh, the Lakers and Thunder, at one point, they aren't anymore, but at one point were tied to the point where they went to, I want to say the sixth tiebreaker or something like that to decide who got what yeah. what spot. Um, but when we get into these like three-team tiebreakers, four t- I mean, you look at how jumbled the West is, th- this could be a factor. Yeah, no, I, it's definitely true. It's um, There's 
there so it, a lot of it depends on what kind of multi-team tie you're looking at uh-huh. uh, first is generally going to be the head-to-head um this is where the only time that being a division winner really comes into play yes is if you're a division winner that factors in uh you'll get a bump ahead of other teams so it's you know the general way to best way to think of uh multi-team ties is head-to-head then conference record then it's it's you know division and are you a division winner and then we get another stuff if we're going the other way with lottery teams if two teams have the exact same record in the lottery uh, really in the draft period what they do is they actually flip a coin uh it's not flip a coin they they, they call them coin flips but it's i think they draw ping pong balls yeah. but they they do a, a drawing to decide who gets the uh, better pick of the teams that are tied that that's always seemed weird to me because if head-to-head is one way like why is it the other way i remember this was several years ago but the celtics were in a um were in a three or four way tie and they lost out because of the division stuff in the tiebreakers but then they i think it was three or four but then when they did the ping pong ball drawings they also lost all of those too and finished with the worst pick of the wow. group too. So it should be like, well, just reverse it, right? If we're we're pushing some some people up, then then we reverse it the other way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit surprising, although I kind of it feels like we're back in 1979 or something like that. Like they actually, you know, I, I want to see them actually flip a coin. Just flip the coin. Just don't even worry about the ping pong balls or anything. Like that. Flip the coin. Let's <laughs> let's do that. Um, sure. Yeah. Flip the coin, you know, in a, in a smoky back room somewhere. Um, here's the, the, the tiebreakers, the, the NBA's uh, tiebreaker procedures for, for three teams. And Keith, you're not wrong here. So if. It's the division winner wins a tie from teams not leading a division. So if three teams are tied and one of those teams is the division leader, then that team gets the the top spot. Uh, it goes to then it goes to better winning percentages in game in all games among the tied teams. So if you have three teams tied, you look at the games only where those three teams played each other, and yeah. then whoever's got the highest winning percentage out of those games. Then you go to division one loss percentage if all three teams are in the same division. If not, it goes to conference winning percentage. And then it goes to, if that's still tied, you go to better winning percentage against teams eligible for the playoffs in your conference. And then if that's still tied, 
It's the better net results of total points scored minus points allowed against all opponents. So point differential is the yep. final tiebreaker. After that, if you're still tied, good Lord, I don't even know what, at that point, just flip the coin, right? We have a steel cage death match. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Thunderdome. There it is. We should do that anyway. That'd be fun. What if the play-in games were played in a steel cage? Oh, that'd be fun. And once per quarter, you could like hit someone with a chair. Like there we go. That would be like but, the, well. Yeah. Wait, isn't Slam Ball coming back? I I, I hope Slam Ball is amazing. I don't know how. Uh, yeah. but I guess we just weren't ready for Slam Ball back when it was around the first first run. Because mm -hmm. like how how would we not love Slam Ball? Right. It, it kind of brings everything where you just you know battle. Yeah. And fight. Fla and, it's yeah. football and basketball plus trampolines. Yeah. I mean that's just that's great. that's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Rohit said, hello, Keith and Trevor. Can you explain how Dallas can be out of the play-in yet not retain their top 10 protected pick? Uh, explain how Dallas can be out of the play-in yet not retain. Well, because they can still finish in the 12 to – or the 11 to 14 range. Yeah. So that's that's how. Because you're not automatically – if you're if – you're, out of the plane, you're not automatically in the um, in the top ten because then, as we said earlier, it defaults to to your record. So, um, yeah. Now they would likely be out. There's almost you know it would have to involve an East team passing them. We'd have to get in all, all the overall records uh, in this case. So it's very likely if they miss the play-in tournament, the Mavericks will keep that pick. It's highly unlikely they they won't. But I mean, right happens. now, if everything were to stay chalk, if nobody moves at all in the draft lottery, the Mavs would have the 11th pick. Yep. And that would go that's, to the Knicks. Yeah. That's, and that's as of right now. And obviously, we can see that change a million times between now yep. and when this, this actually happens. Uh, Will from Texas said, What are your thoughts on yesterday's Toronto's Doug Star? Uh, sorry, Toronto Stars Doug Smith. Oh, I flipped some words around there. Uh, report <laughs> on the likelihood of Ime going to the Raptors this offseason and Nick Nurse and possibly Rosas headed to Houston. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this or not. I, I did. I saw there were some, there was a little bit of a rumbling that was going on around about this like a week ago as well about Nick yeah. Nurse potentially leaving and Ime Odoka winding up in Toronto. Yeah, there is. Um... The nurse and Rosa's part to Houston seemed like just, I'll call it informed speculation mm -hmm. more than actual reporting. I, I don't think that was a, this is where, you know, how this is going to go down, especially the Rosa's part of that, because there's no real, I think we all think there's a chance Steven Silas is in trouble in Houston. It just has yes. not gone well for him there. Um, but there's no, seems to be no buzz there that Rafael Stone is moving on. It seems like they're pretty happy with uh, the work he has done. So, um, so I don't, I mean, maybe Rosas comes in as a, you know, an assistant GM or something like that. We'll see uh, right now. He's basically functioning as a advisor with the Knicks, but we've heard he takes the lead on a lot of their trade talks and things like that um, in the past. So, um, could happen that way and then yeah then then his uh one of his uh, pieces of speculation after that was if that's how it goes down then the raptors could reach out to Ime Udoka, who has a very good relationship with masai ujiri uh they're both uh have been in the past very heavily involved in um uh different things with basketball in Africa. Um, so that's, that's part of part of that. And there's a sense he may going to get another shot in the league. I think we all know that. And, and he, he probably does deserve one, right? Everybody deserves a second chance to, mm -hmm. you know, fix their life and put it together and all those sorts of things. So that'll probably come uh, for him. So we'll, we'll see where, where that goes. So I think we're in a spot where this is probably to me, just kind of more, like I said, more informed speculation than actual reporting, but you know, this is a guy who, He's you know fairly well tapped in with some of these folks, so I, I I think there's something to that. Something to keep an eye on for sure. And Nick Nurse, if he is on the market, I mean he's known as one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, if he winds up in Houston, that would go a long way towards solidifying um, what they've got there. Hasn't always well, hasn't ever really looked looked <laughs> cohesive there in, sure. in Houston. And that could be one of those things too, where all right, are the Rockets getting James Harden? Because I think uh, Nick Nurse would probably be more uh, open to coaching a veteran team that's going to be set up to win right away. Um, and if you 
get James Harden. That's probably the direction you're going in. Um, I wrote the Rockets offseason preview for the uh, uh, four spot track. You guys can check that out if you're interested. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, that's, you know, one of the big questions out, that's out there is, you know, how does that come together uh, mm-hmm. for them? Is if, you know, is Nick Nurse going to gonna coach there and does Harden go there? And what would that look like versus, I don't know if Nick, Nick Nurse necessarily jumps into coaching a, you know, super young rebuilding team. They've, they're already, Seven guys they drafted in the first round the last two years. They've got two more first round picks coming this year. So uh, that's nine of your 15 standard roster spots drafted within the last three drafts. That's, you know, just that's going to be tough for any coach to win with, especially right away. That is that is a lot of youth to have on a team. Uh, Two nice guys said, what piece do you think the Thunder need to take the next step? And then has a, a second and third question. What teams blow it up and will Dame get moved? Uh, so Thunder, uh, Thunder looked great. I think the biggest thing that Thunder need is just organic growth. I mean, you've got something here with these guys. You bring in Chet. Obviously, you get him back and you get that that health. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is looking like one of the best players in the league, period. Uh, they are in, in very good shape from from here. It's just a matter of finding the right pieces that, you're gonna, that you think are going to fit. Uh, and maybe that's, you know, using some of these draft picks that you've stockpiled to go and trade for somebody. But... I think they're in really good shape here. It depends on what Chet Holmgren can do. So it's a matter of figuring out where you're going to use him and how you're going to use him. And can you rely on him to stay healthy? Because it does feel like they could use another big right now. But again, you've got Chet coming in this summer. Then who knows what they'll do in the draft. But they're in really good shape. And a lot of this, I think, will just come down to how do you grow organically from here? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, one more big uh, for sure, just to have another guy in the rotation so you're not always having to play so undersized, and it just gives you a little bit more uh, versatility to do that. Yes, Holmgren will fill some of that, but um, it would be nice to have one more guy there. And then just another shooter. It's kind of always in a position where you know more shooting is is always good um, You know, to, to have on a team, and they they, they – they're not a bad shooting team. They're just not a good shooting team yet. And Holmgren again should help with some of that. I think um, one other thing I think is really interesting with the Thunder. Um, Let's think back to a few years ago when Philly was ready to finally push forward and start winning games. Mm -hmm. They had a ton of cap space and not a ton of roster spots to fill because they'd filled out their roster through the drafts and signings. So what they did was, remember they signed JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick. Yeah. And it was to a number where everybody was like, oh, that's an overpay. But that's what you can do. As long as you keep it to one or two years, mm-hmm. you can overpay and bring in a guy. And that's what the Thunder can do. They're going to have you know 25 to $30 million in cap space this summer to play with. And they're going to be able to, without, again, a ton of roster spots to fill. So they could go out there and say, all right, you know, this is our guy. This is the guy we feel like we need to lift us over the top and push us into being a playoff a team because he can run with us where we're, we're going to go um, and they can overpay that guy. As long as you keep it to a year or two, you're fine. Cause then everything will reset and you'll just keep on moving. So I think, uh, you know, they're definitely in a good position to, you know, keep, keep uh, moving up in the standings here after what's been a really nice and unexpected step forward year. It has been, they've been, and they're, they've been a lot of fun to watch as well. Uh, teams that yeah. blow it up this summer. I mean, Portland could be on that list. We'll see sure. what they ultimately do. I'd be a little bit surprised if they don't, Try to take another another shot with uh, with Damian Lillard, but I mean, just looking at just taking a peek at at the standings here, like is I, I mean, the Bulls. What are they going to do with with Lonzo? That situation. Washington seems to be committing to Kristaps Porzingis, or at least they're in discussion there. So I don't know if they truly blow it up. There's not a lot of teams that I look at and say, "Yep, that team's just going to blow it up." I think a lot of the teams that we're going to kind of did it last year when you look at like Utah in particular trading away Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell and obviously that's worked out yeah. well for them but these other teams I look at you know like can the Hornets really blow it up not really you know they, they kind of have already done it yeah I mean I'm gonna take the four teams that are already eliminated from the playoffs kind of off the table right already I think we know Orlando's not gonna blow it up they're they're going the other direction. I think you you picked a couple good ones. I think Portland for sure is a team to keep an eye on. I think the Bulls, if they, you know, even if they make it into the play in, if they are knocked out early or whatever, they've got some decisions to make. And then I'm not going to say they're going to blow it up per se, but I think the Heat, Hawks, and Raptors could all look mm. very different a year from yeah. now. I, I, I think, you know, when we think blow it up, we think of 
rebuilding, right? And you're trading all the good good guys away to rebuild. I think we're in a position with these teams where it is, we're just going to move in a different direction, but with the intention of still being good and still being contenders. So I think there's definitely the potential there to start uh, moving some guys around and really uh, building out your rosters in a different way. Um, Nobody necessarily in the West jumps out at that point Mm -hmm. because I think some of those teams have already made those moves and you need to see it really come together on the floor. And then as far as Dame goes, we've talked about this quite a bit on, on shows recently, but I still think Portland's going to do everything they can to try to make it work with him. I think if he goes to them and says, it, it is what it is, let's let's make this move, let's do this, let's rip the Band-Aid off and, and, and I'm going to go somewhere else, then maybe it's a different story. But as long as he's willing to stay, I think they're going to continue to try to win with him. And, um, and we've talked about this. Like if he winds up staying in Portland the whole time, which I think is – probably the likely outcome here mm-hmm. that's not a I, I don't look at that as a bad thing i mean it's it's a rarity in today's nba and it's kind of cool if you get to spend an entire an entire career with one team yeah yeah and i think that's where we're headed with this i, I did not take his told thing of there's going to be that report of there's going to be serious conversations to mean he wants to go i think it's going to be how are we fixing this roster around me I think that's that's more what those conversations are. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We've got Mr. Easley said the Kings have a chance to beat the Warriors in round one. So currently Sacramento is the three seed. And congratulations, Kings fans, on um, ending the playoff drought. The Kings are the baby. That's right. Kings back in the in the postseason. But the sixth seed currently and they have a game of separation in either direction. Uh, is the Golden State Warriors. The defending champs could be waiting for the Kings in round one. Can the Kings yeah. beat them? I mean, sure. But I mean, why not, right? I mean, you've been the third best team in the West, you know, basically all season long. Mm-hmm. I think there is a chance you can, you know, beat whoever is sitting down in that spot, whether it's the, you know, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, you know, could still be, you know, really anybody all the way down to the Thunder, uh, realistically. I, I think... It's, I think the Kings are going to be underdogs or they, or at least they'll be the uh, trendy upset pick for everybody mm-hmm. will be, you know, all the Warriors or the Suns or the Clippers, whoever lands in six. I think a lot of those people are going to pick that team to beat uh, the Kings. Um, but, you know, I don't really think the Kings care. I think they're going to be like, okay, do it, pick them. You know, we're going to go. You know, we're just going to play and we're going to play our style and, and we're going to see and we're going to see how it comes together. I don't, I don't think the Kings are making a finals run by any means, but I don't think it's, you know, a, a lock that they're going to get bounced in the first round either. I think they definitely have a chance to to beat whoever it is they face just because they're, they, they are a good team. This is not just a team that's, you've know, gotten lucky. You don't luck into being almost a 50 win team. You have to be pretty good and they are a pretty good team. And with the Kings as the three seed and the Warriors as the, as the six, that means Golden State would have to win at least one game on the road. Yeah, and they're a much a different road. Here. Yeah, they're a much different road team <laughs> than they are home team. So I wouldn't put it past them. I would say that the Warriors would be the betting favorites in that series, which is not normally what you see as the lower seed. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I, I would not count out Sacramento either. Uh, yeah, Ivan Nas Reed. Sorry, I want to say one other thing on uh, on the the Kings too. Stop with all the ha ha ha. Who cares? All this just to lose in the first round. That's they just broke the longest playoff drought in professional, uh, the four professional major sports here in the USA. Like that's an accomplishment that we should be celebrating and being happy for them about. Like it's this idea of like there's one team that's good at the end of the year and 29 teams that suck. That's just a mindset that ruins sports. Quite frankly, is that a thing? Like people are saying that. Oh, yeah, all the time. It, really? Look at anybody who tweets about the Kings, you have a whole bunch of replies in there. That are, all that just to lose in the first round. They're gonna, they're out in the first round. Who cares? You know, and all that stuff. And it's like, this is just ridiculous the way people act like. Like, well, I just, I don't get it. The people just, they, they can't allow anything to just be fun. Yeah. Yep. It's, I've got to come in. If it's not my team that you're saying <laughs> yep. something good about, I have to come in and say something negative about it. Um, yep. It's just, it's you know, the sports landscape at at this point, um, which is unfortunate. What's crazy is, you know, I was on a show the other day and they were asking me about the Lakers and Kings and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, I've seen actually a lot of Lakers fans are excited for the Kings and happy that they, that they made it to the post. Like 
that's kind of dissipated over the last two, at least from the Lakers side. Uh, that's that rival. Most people that I've yeah, talked to have been really excited that the Kings are back in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's got to be. I mean, that's not really. That was a rivalry for what about a three-year period, and was a lot of fun. And it was. You know, and was it really a rivalry? You know, as Joel and Beats says, as a rivalry, if one team always wins. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, Ivan says Nas Reed out for the season. Yeah, broke his wrist. That was the other injury news we had to get to today. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, and you know, we had started to hear like, hey, he's just listed as questionable. Maybe he's going to be okay and everything. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunate news that, that he did break his wrist. Um, changes Minnesota's game plan tremendously. He was coming off a career best recently. He's been great for them as a, as a backup. I mean, to be able to, to send Towns, Gobert, and then have Nas Reed off the bench, who was having a really good season, um, that was, was huge for the Wolves. So, I think the Wolves are still a very big team. They're still a very, very long team, lanky team. They've got plenty of wings. They they can still do a whole lot of damage. Um, and so I don't think this necessarily alters things too much for Minnesota. They can still they're still good at the things that they were good at before, but this does hurt their depth, certainly. Yeah, it hurts their depth, but that's less important in the playoffs, right? They'll yes, build correct. you can run 48 minutes with Gobert and or Towns at center, and you you should be fine. But that doesn't take anything away from Nasreed having had a very good season. Uh, he's shown he can play in lineups with uh, Towns, which is really important, especially if he's going to uh, stick in Minnesota and, and be there after this season. So that's going to be something to watch because he is a free agent. So, so yeah, I'm very, very curious to see uh, where that goes for him. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's super unfortunate. I just think it's one of those things where – they should be okay if you know they're they're kind of the team we think think they could be in there, you know, showing signs of it on and off here and all that stuff, you know, with, with that. Hey, I want to ask you something because I, I keep me forgetting to ask you. Have you huh? seen the crazy hawks stat about crazy their, hawks stat. their uh-huh. record over the last um you know, oh the way they keep getting just yes. below they keep almost getting to five hundred yes. and then knocking back <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are like I want to say it's all the way back to like their last sixteen games. They're eight and eight in their last sixteen. They're nine and nine in the last eighteen. It's a win loss, win loss, win loss all the way through, which is you know really really crazy. That's got to be just maddening if you're yeah. a Hawks fan, right? I mean, you've got to be so frustrated right now. Like yeah. Lakers fans were frustrated because Lakers kept almost getting to five hundred and then not getting there, and then yep. and all that, <laughs> and that was for like a week. Hawks fans have got to just be losing their minds right now. Without a doubt. Uh, And we do a lot of questions today. I love it. Yeah, we do. Uh, Is it too late to sign players to fill out rosters? Uh, I believe we're now past that. We can't do 10 days anymore, can you? No, no more 10 days. That's it. We're we're past the 10 days. There aren't 10 uh, days left. Because there's less than 10 days left in the season. So um, so we're we're out on the 10 days. But you can still sign guys to standard contracts all the way through the last day of the regular season. Uh, I call that the Dante Jones. I did that two years in a row with the Cleveland Cavaliers where he hadn't been in the league. And then the Cavs added him to the roster on the last day of the regular season. And uh, then unfortunately, one of those years, he actually ended up playing in the playoffs for them because they had uh, that one year where they had so many injuries, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're in a spot where yeah, keep, keep filling out those spots and for you know, two teams we cover most uh, the Celtics and Lakers both sitting on open roster spots. My guess is too. The other thing is, G League season's wrapping up. We're getting down to it there. So anybody who was kind of maybe sitting on a G League roster and they were trying to let them stay with the G League team through the postseason or something like that, um, we may see those guys get snapped up here in the next couple mm-hmm. of days as well. All right. Golden Eagle said, should the Mavericks go after Andre Drummond or Nikola Vucevic in free agency? Boy, boy those two things are not the same. <laughs> no. Uh, other than they both play for the Bulls. Other than they um, both play for the Bulls, yeah. Yeah, they're not going to have the money to go after Vucevic unless Kyrie yeah. leaves. So that's the challenge there. It would have to be a sign and trade. And that gets super complicated with the hard cap and all the other things that would come in. So I'd say Vooch is probably off the table for them, barring major roster changes mm-hmm. coming. Uh, Drummond, be okay. The problem him. is they need defense at that spot. Again, if you're going to have Luka and Kyrie, you need to have a big-time uh, rim protector back there. Um, so it's you, you just can't. You know, 
run out anybody at that five spot. You, you've got to kind of lean more towards defense. And that's just not who Drummond is. So, you know, it's, I don't I hate the idea of either guy in Dallas. I just don't know that it fixes a lot of what ails them. Right. It, it does give you a presence in the middle, but not necessarily the presence that, that you're looking for. Uh, two nice guys said, could the Knicks make a run at Dame? What would a trade for him look like? How much better would it make them love the show? Well, thank you for that. I don't understand why you would sign Jalen Brunson and then turn around and go chase yeah. after Damian Lillard. That just that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to fill, build a you know super functional roster uh, yeah. that way if you you know do that. So yeah, I don't I don't think that's where that one's headed for for them. I think you know this is now more about we have to supplement this team around Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle versus just you know snatching up talent. I think those days are over for the next for the time yeah. being. Yeah, and you know what? Look, they went after Donovan Mitchell and everything, but I mean, they they've got something good going there. If somebody pops open, maybe they can go after him. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be Dame. Somebody just said trade Brunson for Lillard. I I don't. I mean, it's not. Yes, Damian Lillard is way better than Jalen Brunson, who I think is you know that's right. not a knock on Jalen Brunson. It's more what a good Damian Lillard is. But it's not that simple, right? You're gonna have to give up more than just Jalen Brunson because you got to match the salary. So you're gonna have to put something else in there. You're probably gonna have to send draft picks out and all that sort of stuff. And then you just end up in a spot where that's a ton of money tied up in Damian Lillard. And I just I I don't know if I'm the Knicks, I'm just gonna keep moving forward with what I got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Vincent said, I need a Lakers win for my mental health. <laughs> Keith, this is this is where we're at in Lakerland right now. We are living and dying with every game. Standing, The standings are shifting drastically every night, it seems like. Um, but I, I took this approach. I said, isn't this wonderful to care about basketball right now at this point in the season and not just be talking about the offseason? <laughs> and, and hey, what, do they, what can they do this summer? How quickly can you get rid of these 10 players and, thing, and things like that? Aren't we living in a much better world? Even though it is stressful night in and night out, I, I'm enjoying this a lot more than what we saw in the, <laughs> the misery that was last season. I definitely true. I, I think it's one of those ones where it's like now it's more of a you know uncomfortableness of mm-hmm. like, oh man, you know, they, they get a win. It's a big one tonight, right? I think it's the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, is a you know, that yeah, that's a huge game tonight. Weird NBA schedule the last, you know, really this whole week where it's a you know super busy with 13 game nights and short nights last night it was only two games that's all because they the nba generally avoids the saturday of the final four and then they generally they they almost always uh, skipped entirely playing on the monday of uh national championship night so it's um you know just one of those weird schedules so loaded schedule tonight 13 games mm-hmm. a bunch of them are really good important games so so we'll we'll see i didn't see did you already do your tweet of you know where the lakers fans need to be rooting to tonight i didn't see that I did it. I did it. And Keith, I said I had your Celtics losing to the Jazz, and I have a lot of Lakers fans are not happy with me for putting that one. I'm like, I felt <laughs> at least a little comfortable to put that one in there with Utah kind of slipping, and the Lakers have two games left against Utah. Sure. But realistically, the, the petty aside, we, we need the Celtics to beat the Jazz just, to, just yeah. to create a little bit more of a gap. It's funny. So, you know, with the, the Celtics side of that is they have been in a position here with the – um with the Jazz, they lost to them just about a week or so ago. So that's a uh, you know a little bit of a tricky uh, spot there. As they're coming back, they're coming off a of back to back. They you know absolutely blew out the box uh, mm-hmm. last night, and I, I think that was the Celtics kind of hey we've stumbled quite a bit here in the last 
couple of weeks and played some not great games against some not great teams. But I think that was a, let's send a little reminder, like, Hey, the East still runs through us, right? Like we're still the East champs. I mean, they destroyed Milwaukee okay. last night from the tip all the way through. So um, yeah, I, I, hopefully they're a little more focused this time around and get, get a win against Utah. And I haven't seen Utah's full injury report yet, but I know they they're basically shutting some guys down for the year. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll, I, I, I think you'll probably get your uh, jazz loss there. If that's the way you want it to go, Lakers fans. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably what we're going to see. We'll see. I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker could go for 43 points or whatever he did <laughs> uh, the, the other day. Cause you never know. Big game against Boston last time out too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to answer one. Brian, Brian Mukasa said, Hey Keith, where can I find the best online forums for discussions surrounding the CBA and NBA salary cap? I think the only place still doing that kind of stuff is over on real GM. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I I'll always shout them out cause that's kind of where I came from and came out of was the real GM forums. Uh, how I got my start in all of this was I used to write really long, uh, complicated forum posts about teams and rosters and CBA stuff and all that. And that got noticed and gave me opportunities to write for real. And then that turned into all of this, whatever this is. So it's, um, head over there there's two forms there is a cba form it's more designed around hey i have a specific cba question and then there's people who will answer in there occasionally it's me that's you know far more uh, rare, rare than i do um with that but then there is um uh there are a ton of people on the trades and transactions forum where mm-hmm. you can get a lot of great information yeah. in there and great discussion so those those two forms are the best for for that kind of stuff yeah yeah they are i i check those out um, frequently we're looking like, like trade ideas and stuff like that. All kinds of stuff gets, gets posted there. Um, really, really All right. Cool. So yeah. I get a little update for you here. Uh-oh. Um, Celtics injury report for tonight. Uh, let's see. Jalen Brown, questionable. Danilo Gallinari, Al, obviously. Al Horford, questionable. Peyton Pritchard, questionable. Jason Tatum, questionable. Robert Williams, doubtful. So, so they're, they're benching uh, everybody. They're, they're, they're going to be going to be sitting some guys. So, Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not unexpected for them on the second night of a back-to-back after mm-hmm. traveling. So, yeah. So that'll be that. So Utah may indeed get the win in that one. Um, okay. Does Dallas keep Kyrie? If not, where does Kyrie go? Um, That's a good question. Um, yeah, that is a good question. I'll let you riff on that one for a minute. I'll be sure. Right so does Dallas keep Kyrie? Um I, I think that they do. Now we talked about this when they when they got Kyrie. That one of the benefits of them doing that deal is that they could, if they decide to just part ways with him, they could have some cap room to play with. But there's not much out there in free agency this year anyway. So I would think that the preference is going to be to keep Kyrie. I don't know if Kyrie being in Dallas is the reason why they haven't been as good as expected. People tend to do that. We we equate those two things as oh they they're losing games. They just got this guy. Clearly it must be Kyrie's fault. Maybe Kyrie and Luca don't get along, and then we start looking for cracks and the relationship or whatever, right? All that happens. But I don't think that's necessarily where we have to go with this. I think that they're going to do what they can to keep Kyrie. If not, where does Kyrie go? I don't know. There's not a lot of teams out there with cap space this summer that I think makes sense for Kyrie. Maybe you get into a sign and trade situation or, or something like that. That's uh, potentially, you know, could happen. You just, you never know what Kyrie's going to decide if he's even going to want to stay in Dallas. But I think he does stay i think there's not a lot of landing spots there's not a lot of teams for him to go to uh in free agency and executing a sign and trade can be really difficult and i'm not i'm not sure that dallas looks at this and says hey you know it's been what a month and a half or something of the of the Kyrie experiment i'm not sure that in six weeks they say yep this isn't working pull the plug what all the stuff we thought we acquired Kyrie was clearly wrong I don't think you can get to that point already. Hey, I completely agree with everything you said. It's it's hard to find an easy destination for him. I think the Lakers are off the table after they made the, the moves they made. I think they're going to more or less run it back uh, with the Lakers. Um, they'll have some minor moves, but I think you know, D'Angelo Russell is probably going to be the guy they signed uh, to move forward on that side of it. Then I think as we get into – 
Kyrie and the Mavs, you're absolutely right. The Mavs, you know, they didn't give up picks and Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie to just let Kyrie walk. So I think uh, they'll do that. But I think Kyrie and Luka, I feel pretty confident they'll be on the Mavs next year. Probably Josh Green. I think everybody else is on the table on that roster. I think they're going to have to really rebuild that team because you got to get shooting and defense around those two. Uh, you've got your ball handling, your playmaking, and your main scoring mm-hmm. covered. You have to fill out the roster with shooters and defense. And they're going to be guys who can do both, too. That's going to be be the other part of it. So in, in as much as they've struggled, I'm not going to put all that on Kyrie either. It's, you know, I think it's just the, the roster's not well constructed uh, to fit around those two guys. Uh, last one we're going to do today, Mr. Easley said, Clippers blow it up if they fail to make the Western Conference Finals. I mean, they could make some moves for sure. They've got yeah. plenty of pieces, plenty of contracts they could move. I would be surprised if they didn't at least do some things around the margins. But I don't think you're blowing it up in terms of trading away Kawhi, trading away Paul George. Like, I don't think it, it would be something that drastic, especially with them opening up a new arena and everything. Like, they're going to want – like, they're not going to blow it up in the sense of, hey, let's tear this thing to the ground and go into a new arena as a tanking team that's rebuilding around draft picks. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, that's exactly it. They they are not. I don't know that under Balmer, they will be a blow it up kind of team. I think mm-hmm. they will be a. All right, if it's not working with these guys, let's flip them. Let's reset into whatever is next, and it'll just be kind of constantly resetting, which that can get you in a dangerous spot. Sure. Look at Portland, right? Portland is kind of that's what they've been for years, and now you're in a spot where you you're not really terrible so you're never getting a really good pick but you're not really good so i think that's uh you know you know a spot there so yeah i think it's um i think mostly it's uh you know gonna be you know what it looks like for the most part moves around the edges and we know they'll have no uh issue taking on money for sure that they, no. they will um you know take take on some some money with that i gotta yeah, answer this because it's a cap question uh, Jerry Buckaloo, can you explain how a team obtains bird rights for a player? Uh, you have the guy on your, your roster for three consecutive seasons. So mm-hmm. uh, at the end of that third season, they, they have full bird rights. After the end of the second season, they have what's called early bird rights. At the end of the first season is non-bird rights. But it's you know bird rights are the big one. That's the one that allows you to pay a guy all the way up to the max and give him a fifth year. Yep, that that is it. Exactly. Um yeah, and I think that about wraps things up for today. I want to thank everybody for man. this one flew by. Yeah, it really did. It really did. Um, oh, Tom, the Trevor, are you uploading the Lakers Nation pod? I did an extra one yesterday, so that one is in there. The bonus podcast from yesterday, so that one is there. I'm waiting for the file from uh, from Amp so I can upload the uh, Colin show that I did last night, but that'll be coming in a little bit. Um, but there was already a new one out for this morning, anyway, based on the the bonus one that I did. So. Yeah, that's there. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure that you are subscribing to the Front Office Show over on YouTube and, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Thanks for joining us live. Always fun doing these Front Office Friday shows. Have a fantastic weekend. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.